Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Are Becoming a Podcast Lessons from Michelle Obama's uh, top rated, best selling, historic, iconic memoir where we get a look inside uh, the eight years of, no, probably decades of our first, former first family, Forever Flotus. And we're learning a lot, learning a lot about her and a lot what we saw on the surface, uh, learn, learning a lot about what went on in the White House. And understand, I'm in my kitchen. Angela is probably in her kitchen or her office. Mm-hmm. And we take a few minutes out of our day to come in and talk about this part book club, part inspiration, um, and everything, everything all in between. And it's kind of a part two. Because last week we talked about uh, chapter 17 and we kind of titled it The Ask, where we learned um, that the floaters realized she had to ask for some things and not necessarily ask as it relates to permission, but just asking for what was needed. And that seems to be the most difficult task that a lot of us deal with. And of course, as always, Angela Stalker, master strategist. a researcher, and myself, 17 years blogging. Angela and I have crossed paths so many times, and our lives have been parallel so many times, and we have been trying to become something together, and this is it. Hashtag, we are becoming a podcast. As we count down the days, almost now, right, till Michelle Obama arrives in Atlanta, and I know that she has already been in many of your cities so please let us know what did you expect and what did you get out of it? And everybody, let me turn it over. Hello, Angela. I'm here. Hello. Uh, and really excited to be with you today. Uh, thanks, everybody, who's joining the joining the Scope Live and for everybody who's listening to us on the replay. And we had some really interesting feedback after last week and this idea of the ask. And, you know, can we? I confess, we when we're spending 30, 40 minutes on a topic as broad as asking, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We we can't touch on a lot of things, but there were some interesting uh, questions and issues that came up. And so Yolanda's like, let's just, let's go for it. Let's address some of those and, and talk about them. And so, um, you know, we pulled up some, you know, we've got some, just as we always do, we're going to have some clips from the book, but um, I really wanted to start, if it's okay, Yolanda, with some research. It's funny when you said strategist and researcher, I'm like, I got the research. Okay. Uh, and uh, a very after our after our podcast last week, a very smart friend of mine, who is a PhD at Georgia State, uh, Dr. Monry, sent me uh, some information about this idea of women and asking for money, right? Asking for more money and raises, right? Mm-hmm. And so in 2003, Harvard did a study that came out under the title uh, "Nice Girls Don't Ask." And it was the idea that women don't get paid more, as much as men because they don't ask, right? Well, fast forward to 2018, Harvard has a new study. Women ask for raises as often as men, but are less likely to get them. Wah, wah. So since mm. 2003, everybody's like, okay, let's ask, right? We're going to ask, we're going to ask, we're going to ask. And yet still, the answer is no. And in many times, it's repeatedly no and no and no. So a for, so after the podcast last week, I got a couple, we got a couple of inquiries about, well, what do you do when it's just no, right? And you're asking, how do you ask? And how do you keep asking when you're just tired? You're tired out from hearing no. And so I, I thought this is really important because you don't get to yes if you don't ask, right? So that's right. really what we talked about. Michelle Obama asked for some big things and she got them. I'm going to guarantee you she asked for some stuff she didn't get. It's not in this book, right? Right. But, he, but on, a, on a higher level, she was getting that exhaustion of constant attack because really of that, of that big, this big ask, as you pointed out last, last week, Michelle and Barack were asking, can we be the first family of the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Every time they showed up, it was, a, it was the biggest, one of the biggest asks we can get. And yet what was her constant experience but being pummeled and pummeled and pummeled. Exactly. And, and her, in her words, just worn out, worn out. And uh, you've got a couple of great clips yes. uh, for us to play. 
And so we're going to go ahead and get started. Well, first of all, let me tell you, uh, you can't just buy the book, okay? You can't just get the audio. You can't just get the ebook. You need all of it, okay? Because uh, you, there are moments where you need to actually hear it in her words, especially because and even in reading, you find that you even read in a person's voice, but then to hear her in the audible uh, version and then to have the ebook just to pull it up here and there. Yes, the audio is so good because you really get to hear the exhaustion that we're going to talk about today in that ass. So, Angela, mm-hmm. you want me to start with uh, the worn out? I, yes, please start. Warning. Please start. And just and before you do, uh, Yolanda, just to give you context, actually, if you've listened to last week, we were in chapter 17. We're back in chapter 17 in this sort of um, of, of this sort of plunging headfirst into campaigning and where up to this point where Michelle had been a person who, yeah, she had challenges. She rose to the occasion. She was, you know, she's going to excel and whatever. Now she's starting to get the beat down. <laughs> Uh, she described it as the punch in the face every day from putting herself out there on the campaign trail. So, um, Yolanda, if you want to hit this uh, clip, this is um, from Chapter 17. If you have the book, it's page 264. All right. A news tyrant on the same network had referred to me as Obama's baby mama, conjuring cliched notions of black ghetto America, implying an otherness that put me outside even my own marriage. I was getting worn out, not physically, but emotionally. The punches hurt, even if I understood that they had little to do with who I really was as a person. Let's go inside mm. all of our emotion right there. Okay? It makes me want to cry. I mean, it makes me want to cry every time. And you, you know where I want to cry? Even when she, Even after all of that, for her to be able to say... And, and, and let me let me see if I can rewind it back to that because I'm like that's a big person to do that. Mm-hmm. See right here when she says, "Oh wait, I'm adding to. Hold on, <laughs> I don't want to add to. I want I want to play this part where she says, even if it had nothing to do with me." And I'm like, "Hold on." The punches hurt, even if I understood that they had little to do with who I really was as a person. Not taking it personal. How do you not take it personal? I think it's because that's the thing that, that puts us in the fetal position. And when you're talking about asking and negotiating and so forth, not taking it, even if it had nothing to do with her as a person, because you have to look at the fact that that person is going off their own experiences, how they, how they work through and process things. Right. And, and you're asking, you're asking, why are you asking if it's not something to do with your person? But when she says, even if it had nothing, because what she's giving, what she's saying right there is, they don't really know me. No, they, and in fact, they don't they, really know me. They were making stuff up about her, right? And the, mm-hmm. the just the, the subsequent thing is that there was something about the whitey tapes, and she had a, a friend of hers, I assume was a white friend, calls her and's like, oh, are you racist, Michelle? I'm like, God. Good, right, great. that's the preface. That's the preface of this conversation. In that part, she's talking about, um, you know, when the news items or the or the reporters would run with this and run with that, and it's it's kind of like in social media, people see something posted and they they think that that's it, or they'll call you and ask and they'll inbox you because they only have just that little tape. And so she is literally talking about having to get off of a call with a friend, somebody who really does know her. But yet they thought that this this information put out about her was actual and factual, you know, and they come with come to her with the have you changed? You know, as your views on me as your friend change. This is like if, if Angela, if I if I had to go on my timeline and address <laughs> some stuff, or she read <laughs> some stuff and then she came and she wanted to know, like, is that how you truly feel? Mm-hmm. And it's like, regardless of even knowing me 20 years, it's like, um, no. And so that's what she was talking about, her exhaustion there. But the big part about it, the resolve to that, and I said to Angela that for me reading the book as a black female is I saw the lens, the lens that I was given to look through. Because we have to remember that even though they were first lady and, and, and president, 
there still was this lens, even though you know we live in public, there still was this lens. Uh, one because we live in the South. So everything was interpreted based on the bubble of information that we have. And I saw it differently. I saw these attacks on her, but I didn't see the revolt. I didn't see the countering of the attacks. That information didn't get so get to me. So now having her address this in the book is empowering. I now know that, wait a minute, she did feel these things. Cause I felt like I had to walk away. If you were attacking her based on some of these characteristics that they tried to describe her with, you know, I wear some of those hats. So I felt like, wait a minute, stop, pause, you know, say something back. But to know that, to say, they don't know you. When you're going with your ask and you're getting exhausted, they don't know you. And And, power for me. And they don't want to try to know you. And that is... Mm the that's the comeuppance of it right right that's the thing when i say that makes me want to cry makes me want to cry tears of anger right in the sense of this she's just getting started we know what indignities she suffered right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yet it's a fraction of what of what white women to an extent but to people that people of color experience right so you know i defer to that right as a white woman, a little bit, right? But people of color, like to your, to, like you say, this you this hit home with you, and that basically she had to seem like she just was taking it, taking it, taking it, and you know, Yolanda and I were talking about the uh, you know prior to the podcast, the the they go low, we go high, we go high. speech, right. and right. I think that speech has been misunderstood to a degree that she was saying that that somehow going high means doing nothing. Right. Not true. Right. Right. And so to, to Yolanda's point, Michelle was counterpunching the whole time. We just Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily see the counterpunches because again, chess moves, the, the, the pieces that had to be managed. And, you know, at this point now we're, we're really moving into in the book, the challenges of being the first black first family right mm-hmm. so the first black mm-hmm. first family and that everything every for for a first black president but the first black first lady the first black first kids that it was magnified on such a scale that they were trying so delicately to balance that but to your point Yolanda I, I agree with you that it's encouraging to see that she she was it, it didn't it, she wasn't Teflon she was not some sort of super per, superhuman person, and I sometimes I think maybe, and that that is that that was that's part of her perception prior to this that somehow she just when she said we go high that somehow she just exists in a plane above all this, right? I like what Escape Artist just said: not keep it passive, but keep it classy. And too often times we saw it as passive because we didn't see. We're just now finding out that they have to have a full on agenda. Of, of countering these things, right? Because we didn't get that during the times in, in the White House, right? And that's a lot of the staunch criticism that the Obamas get is that, you know, the black community feels like they didn't get enough or they weren't represented enough. Um, the first thing that we used to always hear was, well, they're not just, you know, president of black America, they're president of all America. She's not just a black female. She is the first lady, you know, for everybody. But then at the same, now to hear, it's like, hey, wait a minute. Because when I went into the meetings with my staff, you know, I had to get them to address how this looks on me as as a Black female. So, I mean, that's, again, that's that empowering thing. But, again, going back to the ask, because there's another side of that. Asking um, as a woman, okay, yes, you know, they had all these other things, but also as a woman, too, because... Again, if you remember, we talked about last time, her very first initiative, it was to kind of fix life for women, right? But, you know, we continuously get to get put in these boxes, especially when we come with the ask. And I just went to, uh, this week also was Snap Judgment was in town live. And when you talk about people just not wanting to know, there was another comment when you said, too much effort, a skateboarder said, too much effort. People put too much effort in not wanting to know. 
because mm -hmm. the, the tagline on Snap Judgment is you can't hate a person once you know their story, right? You have to kind of give into it. And we go through life too many, too much, not wanting to know the story, which is why everybody, which is why they can't figure out why this memoir is doing what it's doing. It's excelling to where it's selling because people want to know the story. It'd be different if they just didn't want to know. People want to know. Well, and I think want to ask. Yes, and, and that's I think that reference to stamp judgment is so good is that it's hard to hate somebody if you know their story. So if you refuse to hear their story, if you're going la na 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 na, right? Or right. you're just exposing yourself to the negative stories on something, right? Mm -hmm. Which again, she's talking about the Chiron on Fox News, right? Mm -hmm. If that's all you're seeing, you're not going to hear that story. Story. And so I think that there is something in this to be said, right, again, from sort of a meta level, right? Right. Looking at this, that Michelle Obama is writing this. This is not a journal she kept, right? She's writing this after, after they've left office and after she knows that Donald Trump has been elected president, right? So the whole book, right, is a counterpunch, right? The whole book is a rallying cry against all of this, right? But she's saying, you will hear... I'm going to tell my story to those who will listen to it, right? And to say it's okay if there are people who are not going to listen to your story, right? Because they, basically her, her, her position in this is I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to make sure I own my narrative, right? Ooh. She, she kept ownership of her narrative. That's what you're describing, Yolanda, is when she calls her staff in. She says, I'm going to own my own narrative to the extent possible, knowing that there's crazy shit happening and being said about me over which mm -hmm. I have no control. Not that, not, that, not that there wasn't pushback at times, but she's like, okay, there's only so much I'm going to do here. I got to focus over here. And so to say, it's, with, what do we say, 10 million, 10 million copies of this book now, her story is getting out there and is resonating. Is it resonating with the people who hated her? They may still have their fingers in their ears, but it's certainly resonating with enough people that there's an impact. And, and so- not, not only that, in the part where not just writing the book, not just making the book available, but then to come behind the book, okay? And to make sure that people interpret and understand and clarify what she means. Because you still could take the book. You still, like we just took clips. People still can take it and turn it around or go low with it, right? Mm -hmm. But to have to, then to say, Oh, I, I'll hear the dates. Okay. I will be back. I'm going to make sure for those who want to take the energy and learn the story, I'm going to make sure that they get it right. I'm going to make sure that they fully understand it. So even if you want to take something out of context, out of the book, I'm going to be there to put it back in context. That's what I, that's another empowering, empowering part about this that I love. You want to, uh, let me see, what was the, the next one was the, when she was dealing with the angry black woman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know what? And I didn't name that, that last one. I see it there. Okay, as well. So, um, but again, guys, if you're catching this on the replay and on your favorite podcast platform, we do record them live and in, in, interactive on Tuesdays. If you'd like to uh, come into the chat, we're, we're live in the chat on Periscope as well as on Twitter. Uh, you can use the hashtag we are becoming and then also dryer buzz and though and so forth. But immediately thereafter you can binge on it, share it as we launch it out to all the other platforms. And the second one, uh I think uh this one was pretty good. Hold on, here we go. We'll play this one and finish up our conversation. In general, I felt as if I couldn't win, that no amount of faith or hard work would push me past my detractors and their attempts to invalidate me. I was female, black, and strong, which to certain people, maintaining a certain mindset, translated only to angry. It was another damaging cliche, one that's been forever used to sweep minority women to the perimeter of every room, an unconscious signal not to listen to what we've got to say. Mm. I love I love these clips. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> keep keep them around because what's what's the word what's the word i want to say there i i just hope people get it i just hope people get it um sweep to the perimeter sweep to the perimeter that is that's 
where we are in our ask. When you talk about how, first of all, right now it's conference season, okay? Women alone are spending billions of dollars going into rooms, meetings, conferences, groups, travel, trying to learn how to perfect their ask. Angel, you talked about it at the beginning of this. Okay, we're asking. We're going in trying to negotiate, and we're still not being heard. We're still getting the no's. We still don't have the receipts, right? Um, people are still finding out that there is a difference. So after knowing what our first ladies have dealt with, uh, how do we move the needle? After Michelle Obama's memoir, after becoming how do we move the needle on this that's the question now and i think that that is what she is trying to do with this version of a book tour which is a stadium tour right <laughs> it's mm -hmm. it's not your barnes and noble book signing right this right. is a stadium tour where she brings people in she's again she's rallying the troops right and she doesn't have to do it. And I think this is something that, it, again, if you sort of step back from this question that we that that the very last question that popped up on Periscope last week, right as we were ending, was how, right? How do we ask, right? Mm. And I think that that's what we're getting at. What you're saying is we can now see there's an issue. Michelle Obama, Yolanda, any black woman who goes into the big ask is probably going to run up against some white, I will, I will not give my profane description, white supremacy, right? That mm -hmm. will say, here's an angry black, black woman, you know? Shouldn't you, just be, shouldn't you just be thankful to be in the room, right? And it's like, when, and to your question, what do we do? How do we move the needle knowing that this is the experience almost Ooh. every time, right? Oh, go ahead, Yolanda. No, I, when you say that, I've got a, I've got to reference a book out there because uh, there's another book that's been out forever, and it's something I have blogged from. Uh, it's called Covering, and mm -hmm. Kenji Yoshino um, put this book out. And when you think when you think about, and here's where we are. I'm going to say it from a black woman, okay? The the racism, the white supremacy, and all of that is there. But before we get there, think about what Michelle Obama in, in the White House is doing. Think about how they relate it to the black community. There's something there before you even get there. You you were just saying something I was thinking about. There are always those that tell them, we said, just be thankful you're in the room. Mm -hmm. That's what we got. We got so much of that during their terms in the White House. Mm -hmm. You always have to deal with people who tell you not to rock the boat. Let's just be thankful. And you can't, I remember when Scandal was on, right? Remember Scandal was at its mm -hmm. height, right? The first and second season, then all of a sudden the third season, things started to change and people were like, wait a minute, this is, we can't rally behind this TV show anymore. And there are always those of us who will ask, who know how to ask, right? I, I, I know how to ask, right? Mm -hmm. And I know how to get an answer. But there, oftentimes, a person like going to the angry side is when I say, okay, we're going to ask for this. I always have to spend too much time getting others out of the way so mm. that I can speak up with the ass. Mm. There have always been those that say, well, let's just be thankful we're in the room or, you know, let's just not rock the boat. There is a video that goes around social media periodically where there's a, a boat in some water with some kids in, in a, in a, 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 a village boat is capsized and everybody's in the water and upside down and this little girl she dives in there turns the boat over she stands up on she puts one foot on once a little canoe right and she puts one foot on the other side each side of the canoe she starts rocking the boat well guess what happens mm -hmm. when she starts rocking the boat all the water comes out of the boat you would mm -hmm. think in rocking the boat the water goes into the boat right but mm -hmm. she rocked the boat to the point all the water. I'm like, brilliant little mm -hmm. girl, okay? She rocks this boat. All of the water comes out of the boat. And guess what everybody did? Got back in the boat. Got back in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and that, for me, that was like my four-minute mile. I am rocking this boat. 
And it's just like you and I, Angela, the book came out, the memoir. Um, we decided, oh, we, we're not going to just go to the show or the stadium and be, you know, just two more people in the midst of these, what I think our stadium, 40, 50,000 people. We're going to talk about this before, during, and after. We got to, we got to rock the boat. And oftentimes it's before we get to the table for the ask, just trying to agree on what to ask for. That's a whole mm-hmm. other other thing. Because we got to come to the table. It's who we are. I remember she said that they didn't really know her, right? Mm-mm. Taking time in your ass, taking time to get to know each other. What's important to you? What's important to me? What's important to us? What's important to those that are going to be? Look at uh, Monique and her situation. How many people are telling her not to ask? Yeah. But she asked. And now everybody's getting amazing deals from Netflix, right? But they don't want to attribute to the fact that she called Netflix out, right? They're just saying, man, she should just be thankful for being in the room. Well, she could have been thankful for being in the room. Has she not rocked the boat? Would everybody else be getting great deals? Because now they know that everybody's watching. You know, but yeah. Well, that made me think. Yeah. Look, I'm sorry. No, no it I made me think about. It made but... her the angry woman. But yeah, yeah, look at the results. Go ahead. Look at that's it. And look at the result. Right. And sometimes, sadly, the person, what is, you've got a line about this, about the pioneer, the person who's the out there is persecuted. is persecuted. Right. And Always. <laughs> until they're, until they're accepted. Until, right. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Until what they, what what's your line becomes popular. Yeah. Popular. Right. Mm-hmm. The pioneer is persecuted until it becomes popular. And a lot mm-hmm. of times that first person may not even fully benefit. And which is again, tragic right right that doesn't mean you don't do it right it doesn't mean that monique's not going to benefit later on right but i was just thinking about and i don't remember who and i was thinking about this i meant to look it up prior to the podcast there was an interview and it was women in hollywood and i believe it was gabrielle union but somebody was talking about you know this idea of you know and um i know it was uh ellen pompeo from gray's anatomy i remember she was there talking about how she asked for her money uh, the hollywood reporter does these roundtables. Guys, if you don't follow the Hollywood Reporter on Instagram, they do a periodic roundtable where they bring in, and they've had some amazing tables. Um, one table, I will say, they had Leslie Odom from, along with uh, men, leading men on uh, Broadway. And Leslie Odom was talking about, you know, his, his decision to leave Hamilton. And he was talking about, mm-hmm. even though oh, that is so good. an amazing play, that when they leave, that they have no other job. There, there's no other Broadway show to go to because while that show has set amazing trends in, in writing a colorblind story, right, that nobody's truly duplicating that formula. And so when they leave to go, they said, if, if you were in a hot show like that, your next five shows would be re- ready and waiting for you. They don't have that opportunity. And the same thing, Ellen Ellen from Grey's Anatomy. She just got her ex. How long has Grey's Anatomy been on? Good Lord, Whatever. has it been 15 years or something? It's Exactly. It, she just, within the last two years, I think the last year of Scandal, did she get her ask? And so I was thinking about that. Um, Ellen Pompeo, I believe it was Gabrielle Union and Gina Rodriguez, I don't remember which, I think that was the one. I believe it was Gabrielle Union who was talking about that she knows that in the demographic, in these kinds of roles that she goes for, mm-hmm. there's a list of black women, right? Mm-hmm. And that if one of them says no, right, or says, no, you got to pay me this, they're going to go to the next one and try to under- undercut them. Right. And she was talking about how she basically gives everybody a heads up. I said, I won't do it, but for this, just so you know, don't go under, Right. Mm-hmm. And so she said, even if I don't get the role, at least I've been looking out for someone else who's in the same situation as me. I'm mm-hmm. some sister solidarity. And I thought that right there is extremely telling of the, of the challenges of the ask. When, and this is something that I've seen with women in business and is that when you know that there is somebody else who will undercut you, right? So, you, right. so, you know, it's this thing of pricing, right? And so, it's so if I ask this much, you're somebody who I know will do it for less. Right. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, well, I'm, we're just going to keep undercutting ourselves. I, Gab- exactly. I believe again, it was Gabrielle Union said, no, let's look out for each other and say, 
let's share this information that we're not sharing, right? And so it goes back to this, and this is me clapping, back to, <laughs> back to the, you know, what's the solution? I don't know, uh, you know, but I think that you're hitting it is to say, we got to talk about it. We have to, you know, we have to, again, we, we have to allow space for people to tell their stories whose stories have not been being heard, right? Mm-hmm. We need to listen to those stories, right? And then we need to have conversations. And to me, that, again, is back to this idea of these traveling stadium show. Michelle Obama's got enough money. She could sit and retire and, not, and just enjoy the peace of being able, what did she say? She can finally open a window in her house, right? She right. does. She could just go and do charity work and just keep just be low profile forever. But instead, she is hitting it hard. She extended this tour, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a great thing to sell ten million books. And there's, you know, there's this is making money. But she's not doing it because she needs money or exposure, right? She's doing it to drive a conversation. And thus, our, you know, our inspiration to say, we got to talk about this. And it's not always going to be pretty conversation. It's not always going to be, it's going to be awkward, right? And, but to say, if we don't at least talk about it, and I think about, you know, like you say, um, Leslie Odom Jr. sitting in a room of white guys, none of them were Broadway people, right? Leslie Odom Jr. is a Broadway guy, right? He is, uh, you know, He's the guy who should be leading shows. The other guys were like, the other white guys in the room, I know it's Jeff Daniels and God, I can't think of the other one's names. Was it Zachary Levi? They're TV movie actors who were doing, who had roles in like remakes. I think one of them was the music man. Mm-hmm. But he's mm-hmm. like, I never get that, right? And so these guys, their mouths were dropped to the floor, right? What? Their Obviously, mouths were dropped right? to the floor because they're like, oh, oh, we're not, th- you're not thinking about the fact that you who don't really can't even sing, are getting this role that the person who is the best singer in Hamilton the, is not going to ever be offered. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's black. And that's the and, bottom and line. Thankfully, he told be, that story. He should be on Broadway right now. He he said, I, I, I'm leaving. He says, but I don't have five, five new shows. I don't, he says, I don't even have the offers. The offers, when he said the offers are not there, that's when their mouths drop. Because yep. we, we oftentimes think that we're in we're competing, we're in competition. Mm-hmm. But when, when he said the offices, people are like, Whoa, you're leaving the top show. Man, you must be going on to do this and do that. And when he said the offers are not there, that's when their mouths hit the floor. Because again, it's about knowing the story. We assume a lot because we don't want to ask. We yes. really don't want to ask. People assume what our, our former first ladies and former presidents are doing, but unless we get a memoir, unless we get, you know, the continuing of the story, unless something stays in the news cycle, we really don't know. And this book was so empowering for me because I was sitting on the other side of that lens and I saw how her time and uh, her time as first lady had to be crafted for the entire spectrum. But at the same time, I have to go into spaces, mm-hmm. okay, with people who believe, like when you think about the extremes of politics, the extremes to the left, and even the extremes to, and the extremes to the right, you know, people who want to only believe what they believe, people who only want to trust the sources that they're going to trust. And yet, you know, these are the people that we have to sit in a red light with, We've got to mm-hmm. go throughout our community where we got to live next door to. And it's like, whoa, that's really all you want to believe. And they don't want to exert any energy into anything else. But then when you see the jaw drop, when that you finally are able to get, to get them to understand that what you believe is not true, you know, that there are, and she goes on to talk about this in the epilogue, that there are a lot of things that we have in common but we don't know that we have those things in common. And it's not all the time just gender or race or any of those things. It's just, look, it's human nature. And we can't even get back to the part where this is human nature because we have to put ourselves in in all of these different boxes. It's human nature for Michelle Obama to be be hurt after watching herself interpreted like that. Even though she says they don't know her, Right, 
but the, you think about the hurt of getting those phone calls. So, okay, the news cycle is going this this and that way, and her phone is ringing from people that she thought she knew all her life or in this in this capacity or that capacity, and they're calling, you know, well, Mo, is this true? That had to hurt for somebody to have to ask that mm-hmm. continuously. And And I think for, you know, for anyone who is going through this, right, Mm-hmm. who is experiencing this because if a person who had you know the platform and the you know sort of the support mechanism of a Michelle Obama was in was suffering and in pain from this then mm-hmm. uh, anybody else is going to you know don't minimize the fact that it's a painful experience and i think so you know we we're told right. buck it up buck it up right no it's okay mm-hmm. to acknowledge that pain that doesn't mean you're not going to buck it up right it's okay right. to acknowledge that pain, but to say, you know, she, Michelle Obama did what she had to do. And like you say, she held a meeting. She called people in. What are we going to do about this? Right. Right. She talks about she had her close set of friends. She had her go to people that she was, you know, her girlfriends who, and, you know, they had what do they call it? Boot camp weekends at Camp David that she would mm-hmm. bring them all in. Right. Mm-hmm. And she had her people. She said on her Blackberry, she could have like 10 people that she communicated with. Mm-hmm. She had her mother with her, right? She, you know, you told the story last week about her, their brother, Strong Almer, and their mom to come to D.C., right? Mm-hmm. She did what she had to do to make sure that she took a breath right, to get some right. support. And I think right. that sometimes there's this, and this is the, this is the idea of self-care as a radical act. And again, something that white people have co-opted, but the sort of the origin of this concept of self-care comes out of black feminist literature, right? And that, that black women need to take care of themselves because they're called on to take care of so many other things, including society, right? And so to say where, who, wherever you are, it's okay to take a breath. It's okay to say, this mm-hmm. is terrible. I'm in pain. Like she's saying here, I, I said, it hurt. There's another line where she says, I'm telling you, this stuff hurt, right? And I believe when Michelle Obama says, I'm telling you, she's mm-hmm. telling you, right? And so mm-hmm. it's okay, but that doesn't mean that they're, so take a breath and, and find support. Again, I'm, I'm not necessarily the one to speak to what that support looks like or what that breath looks like. But to say, the only way we do move forward is, you know, to keep telling the story and for white people like me to shut up and listen, you know, and then to organize, right? And this is what the Obamas have been about from the get-go is organizing. And so we organize and we come back and we organize. And so, but we take a break when necessary. So, um, but again, you know, that's, it's, you can, we, can can we go back to one thing? Sure. And and I, and, People looking at this, yes, Angela and I are two different races, okay? Um, right. But can we go back to, remember when she talked about going to the White House, uh, that first day they went and they got a chance to visit with uh, former President and, and Mrs. Bush, right? And everybody knows that that's a narrative, the, the fact that people think that she and, and President Bush are the best, they're, they're best, <laughs> right? And she says, well, mainly protocol for the rest of their lives is she and he have to sit side by side because mm-hmm. it that's the lineage of our leadership, right? And she talked about um, how each of the first ladies poured into, now not knowing, again, because we're talking about her becoming Michelle Obama, so there was no thought that of a Trump or a Melania after that. No. All her uh, hindsight or foresight, so most, a lot of this book, was foresight becoming, right? And so when she talked about what she, the time she spent with Laura Bush, the um, call she had with Hillary and and the other first lady, living first ladies at the time, and then also doing her own little bit of research and understanding and stuff and how they were pouring into each other. And when you think about, and this is where uh, jaw-dropping, it's jaw-dropping for me when, because I I try to I try to think that we as women have have more to connect on than than me having to stay within my box, right? So it's mm-hmm. when I think that something about me as a black woman is really human nature, and then I'm like, wait, why you know white women don't deal with this? You know, I go through that, right? Wait, Asian women don't have that, you know? Uh, even watching like The Godfather, I mean, like 
the whole this there is a a, a discussion on and things that come out on Facebook like washcloth, you know, or 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 the raisins in the potato salad or seasoning, you know, all of those things about us living in public and realizing we actually do do some things differently, but not necessarily because there's a malice or something different wrong with it. It's just we're different. So when I think about the transition from Michelle Obama as a first lady to Melania Trump as a first lady and their meeting, remember even the criticism that came on the day when people talked about, you know, Melania handing her the gift, right? And Melania not necessarily knowing, you know, the protocol at that time, being left at the car by her husband who shot up the steps, you know, didn't walk with it. Everything was like picked apart. So, but Michelle Obama, knowing that these things were going to be picked apart and yet not necessarily really having an opportunity to pour into Melania, um, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that had gone on, they literally had to go from tearing each other apart on the campaign trail to now we've got to stand side by side and and, and be cordial, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I think about her experience, I, I would like to think that it's just two women uh, not it's a black woman and a and a former uh, immigrant, you know. Not just it's a black woman and a white woman. All those different boxes. I would like to think that human nature comes into this. First of all, it's just two women, two women who launched into supreme leadership um, with very little time to prepare for. Okay, the husband wants to run for president. Now we've got, what is the first, what does it mean to be a first lady? What does it mean to go on a campaign trail? What does it mean to, oh, wait, you mean I get an entire book of ask? I got to write down all these asks when she describes the fact that um, she gets to go and find the perfect schools for her her daughters. Mm -hmm. She gets to design this part about the White House. Um, She gets to spend time with the former first lady. She'll get to spend time with the future first lady and all of those things. And yet we still can't get them. Oh, well, wait, they're Republican. They're Democrat. All of these things, we as women, when do we get to, and I think this epilogue is going to explain it, but my God, Angela, when do we get to pull off all of those things and just become women? I am with you on that 100%, Yolanda. And can we connect on this sameness? We are, mm-hmm. can we connect on this shared experience yet still honor and acknowledge the differences, differences of experience. And in fact, the true beauty of diversity is diversity of background, diversity of experience, uh, diversity of thought. Every living entity is better when there's diversity in it. And so we should be connecting over the fact that it's important to say, we are human beings, like you say, and we are women and we have this experience. And we can acknowledge those other check boxes, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but what to say, was the word? she gave us a word: otherness. Otherness, yes. Yeah, and there's outside, a way to, outside of otherness, right? And there's a way to say, and yes, we are we have sameness and we have otherness, and that's okay, right? And the only Ooh, it like gets that. to be a it gets to be a problem, particularly when the people in power, right? And mm-hmm. that can be a gender, that can be race, that can be class, right? That mm-hmm. can be any, that can be nationality, starts to say that this, this otherness is not okay. But guess mm-hmm. what? Whoever you are, you're other to somebody, right? And so right. it's only right. when we start judging otherness, right? Instead of saying Ooh. sameness and otherness need to be together. Mm-hmm. And Ooh. it makes for a richer experience. Wait, now you got three words. Sameness, <laughs> otherness togetherness mm-hmm. when we go may the 11th into that stadium and i think that explains as we got about uh 10 minutes uh to try and wrap this up that's where that's where we are that's where our first lady they brought they brought this country together uh on a lot of levels but then to read chapter 17 and mm-hmm. to find out that the otherness is really what they were having to deal with when she went into those meetings with her team. The feedback that she got kept bringing out as much as they were trying to unite the otherness. 
what did she say outside the otherness? So sameness, okay? We've got to really figure out what I said. I, I really want us to get to a point of us. I, I want to move the needle on sameness, y'all. Mm-hmm. I swear to you. Uh, otherness is um, those boxes that we have to continue to define ourselves. And as a blogger, I have to deal with that each and every time I try to go and cover a story. They always want to know, you know, what box, what box. I'm like, listen. And then togetherness. Togetherness is that's where the hope comes in, right? That's where the future comes in. That's where we as women, uh, along with you know, you know, one thing I've been trying to in the 17 years of blogging, Angela, is I've been trying to reconnect men, women, and children. Mm-hmm. Now, notice I didn't put any otherness on that, right? I just said men, women, and children because we live in a society where. It's the men, it's the women, and then it's the children. And we can't seem to get to, I don't know if it's, when you talk about make America great again, I don't know if there was a time when that was the priority that we work on this cohesive family unit, community-wise, but we've got to get back to that. And that's going to mean us getting to the sameness and the togetherness uh, and over overcoming or becoming more than our other, oh, Oh, I'm about to... becoming more than our otherness. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Mm. And and it's and you know and this is where we have to look at. There is an individual participation where you and I participate as individuals. There is a systemic, institutional, societal participation mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do think we start as individuals and then work on changing our institutions. Right. And work right. on changing our, our, our structures. And that's what the Obamas were doing. That's what Barack Obama wanted to do. And they, this mm-hmm. is why they put themselves out there. This is why Michelle Obama, who didn't really want to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, this was not her vision. It was like, yes, I see, like you say, the service to the country, service to, to history that they have done. And right now we're in the, we're in the backlash, right? We're in the backlash and it's dark. It feels like dark times, right? But Mm -hmm. every time we've made progress, every time you personally make progress, guess what? There's a change back. Every time our country's made progress, there's Mm -hmm. a change back, right? That, that force, that force to change it back. That force, you said that before, the force to change you back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that change is not permanent. Right. It's it is just a natural part of that process. And so we're right in the middle of it now when Michelle Obama writes her next book, because I do believe she has a multi book deal. Right. Let's say she writes a book 10 years from now. What will she be? You know, what will she be sharing 10 years from Mm -hmm. now? What will she be sharing 20 years from now of looking back on this period of time that we're in? And to your point, Yolanda, I hope that all of this is going to move a needle on things that maybe uh, society wanted to think has already been moved when clearly there are a lot of people who've known it hadn't moved at all, right. Or has only moved fractionally. If, if anything, let this be the com, you know, let these conversations, let these open where, you know, we're saying, okay, it's everybody just pour it all out there. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, Again, it's not always, it's going to be very uncomfortable. And it's particularly going to be very uncomfortable for people who thought, uh, I'm going to say, white people, I'm looking at you, who were like, oh, we're doing good. We elected a black president. No. Somebody said you don't get ally cookies, right? Oh, you get a cookie. No. This is the (laughs) beginning of work, right? And, Mm. but I'm very grateful that you and I have connected, and I say over these years, right? Mm -hmm. All these long, long years. And have been able to to look at our sameness and to honor the otherness, and I think that's you know, it's a it's like I say it's a it's it's we're it's a it's a rich experience, um, and um, and I do think that the these conversations matter. So I'm gonna have to I gotta go, and so yeah, yeah, all right. So but uh, we're gonna get ready to wrap and get out of here and play this last part. But I just want to uh, shout out. Our top commenter was Escape Artist. So for those of you that watched the replay, and uh, her last comment was, pushback maybe equals refinement for the next advance. And uh, and this one, y'all, we were just doing a follow-up part two to Michelle Obama's ask. And we got a lot of clarity in that chapter 17. 
Um, and we want to leave in just helping you find your voice. And so we got a really bold statement from our first lady here at the end of one play. And we're going to go out on that. But again, thank you, Angela, for making the time. Really good podcast that we actually, yep. uh, life, life, life allowed us to become a little bit longer this week. And I'm going to go live immediately here uh, into my kitchen segment. But Angela, um, how many more tunes? You did give me a little bit of a schedule. You want to talk just a little bit about that right quick? Um, I'm sorry. Can you say again there, Yolanda? You, I was blocking somebody. You gave somebody. me a little bit of a schedule <laughs> as to how many more shows we have yes. left. Yes. So um, just looking looking at the month uh, the month coming up. So we'll we'll be going to the event the the first full week of um, of okay. April. So that that gives us one, two, three, four. You know, potentially five more episodes, depending on what we do the week of. And mm -hmm. so, you know, some of the topics that we're going to we're going to be discussing, I think, will be uh, we really do want to get in, I want to get more into I think we should this idea of finding your voice. Yes. You know, we've talked about story, but how do you find your voice um, and your platform? Right. What do you do with your platform? I think we're going to be talking about that in the next couple of weeks. And then probably the 23rd or the 30th, we're, I think we'll do a we'll do a recap Okay. Of, of of topics, um, depending on again, I think we will, you know, the week of the event. I think it would be really good just to talk about the logistics for anybody who's going. And I saw somebody said they were going to tailgate. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my god! Like, okay, yeah. I like Ooh, so. You know, what, what, what to expect, and then if you can't go, what might you? How might you tailgate? Right? What are some things you might do? Ooh, and I would would be asked. Yeah. Okay. We got to plan a tailgate. We got. I was thinking. You know, maybe we can we figure out a tailgate. way to do a tailgate. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's it. We got a tailgate. We. That's it right there. Okay. All right, Angela. I know life All right. is calling. So, um, guys, we're gonna end on a comment again. If you catch this as a replay. On all your favorite platforms, don't forget to join. Thank you so much, uh, Escape Artists. Thank you, ladies. Don't forget Tuesdays, we're live and interactive on Twitter and Periscope. And then the podcast syndicate everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm Yolanda. She's as, uh, at Angela Stalker. And uh, we'll be back with you next week. And let's leave out with some more Michelle Obama from Becoming Michelle Obama because we are becoming a podcast. Maybe we can better embrace the ways we are the same. It's not about being perfect. It's not about where you get yourself in the end. There's power in allowing yourself to be known and heard, in owning your unique story, in using your authentic voice. And there's grace in being willing to know and hear others. Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Yeah.